All right, welcome back. This is Chunky Glass of the Podcast. This is episode number 75, if you believe that. I'm not really sure how we got here, uh, and I'm not sure where we're going from here, uh, but we are here now, um, so so we're going to celebrate uh, that, that fact, uh, 75 uh, long, long hours, more than 75, uh, of wasting all our times in the very best way. Uh, at any rate, um, we had talked about doing something a little different, a little special. We couldn't figure out what we were going to do. Uh, it doesn't matter because, like most things uh, in, in, in what we do with the site, it just sort of worked itself out. In this case, it most certainly did. And I think we ended up doing something special uh, with our friend uh, Ben Tufts, who has been on the program a couple times before, I think three or four times. I'm sure we'll be on the program many times to, uh, in the future. Uh, this particular time, though, um, he is on to talk about the Craig Tufts Educational Scholarship Fund, specifically uh, the show, the benefit show that he's throwing at Jam and Java uh, with all of his friends. Uh, that's coming up this Saturday uh, on the 16th of August in 2014. Um, there's going to be a lot of details, uh, a lot of links, that we, and a lot of stuff we talk about. But the long and short of it is that uh, in 2009, uh, Craig Tufts, who is Ben Tufts' father, and Dan Tufts, who you'll hear on this uh, podcast, uh, passed away from cancer. Uh, and a uh, scholarship fund, was a trust, was, uh, was established in his name. And the long and the short of it is uh, each year the fund is going to grant an award to one youth to attend a family nature summit um, and to go out and sort of sort of engage in the work that his father did and the work that uh, Ben and Dan grew up uh, sort of experiencing. Uh, it, is, it is a great cause uh, and it's a great reason, uh, I think, for all these uh, friends of Ben, and they actually are friends of Ben, um, to get together and, and sort of celebrate, uh, not, just, not just that they're doing something good, but to celebrate uh, the, the work that their father did by... Um, just bringing people together and whatnot. Uh, at any rate, uh, it's a long one, so we're, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're also going to talk about just some, you know, random shit, as often happens. Uh, but that's why this is special, and I, I can't, uh, you know, th- there's a reason we do it, and the reason we do it is is exactly what you're going to hear. It's just people who love music sitting around talking about it, um, and and for me personally, seeing people who who put their money where their mouth is and 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 do some real good. Uh, with their talents and whatnot. So uh, sit back. Uh, you're going to listen to Ben Tufts. You're going to listen to Ryan Walker from the Beanstalk Library and the Coward's Choir. Uh, you're going to listen to Aaron Mason. Uh, you're going to listen to Derek Avery. Uh, you're going to listen to uh, Jasmine Gillison and uh, Dan Tufts. And uh, it's, it's just a really fun time. So here we go. Uh, episode number 75 of Chunky Ghost of the Podcast. Uh, ben Tufts and Friends. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Nearly a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. That right there is a wonderful power.
mean, we could do it 50 cents. Hell yeah. So, you know, golly gee willikers, if you just use that every time you want to say fuck shit or goddamn, we should be able to do it. It's turn two. Gee yeah, so I guess we're Ben, you're, you're back. I, I keep yeah. I keep saying to people like you know come back on anytime, and you keep taking me up on it. Yeah, so uh, well, quit bluffing. Yeah, <laughs> you've actually never said that to me, which is I. Uh, Derek, you're back too, though. Yes, I did say it to you. No, you didn't no, say you, come back anytime. You said we're gonna have to have you back. Oh. That, but that's that's on that's your thing. Okay. That's not come back anytime. That's not an open okay. invitation. We'll, we'll alter the semantics, and then uh, maybe you don't want to invite me to come back anytime. I don't know yeah, the vegan thing. It's just not. If you want forty five minutes yeah. of semantics, huh? if you want forty five minutes of semantics, <laughs> yes. Yes. invite Derek back. Exactly. Hey, look on the bright side. If I'm in your house, I'm not going to eat anything. So okay, you know that is true. That is true because the walls are lined with meat. Right. So. <laughs> I don't care about the meat so much. I was talking to Ryan about. Like it being creepy, like just touring artists coming through here, mm-hmm. and you know, there's nothing creepy about walls lined with meat. No. Now that that's out there. Now, if there's any lactose or like gelatin <laughs> in it, then that's a totally that's a horse of a different color. I, I, I will eat horse too. Is that a little that's a thing. Gelatin, gelatin, yeah, joke. gelatin that's good. Joke. But I knew Ben had been oh. gelatin. He's still alive. So yeah, I've survived all my visits to Chucky yes. Glasses. Yes. With all the bourbon as well. Yeah. And you brought some with you today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're here today, though, to talk about uh, something you and your brother uh, put on, uh, and it is Ben Tufts and Friends. Yeah, that's the name of the show. Um, yeah, I, 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 I appreciate you're mm-hmm. very kind to let us commandeer right. your podcast yes. to talk about my show. Um, and I really appreciate everybody that's, that's in the room here with me. I guess we'll find out. Through the course of the podcast, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go. We'll, well, I mean, we can do it right now. So, I mean, this is sure. this is um, real quick. What what is it? The show is called Ben Tufts and Friends, and it's a benefit concert that I've held every August um, for the past. This is going to be the fourth year. Okay, and um, it raises money for a scholarship fund that's in my dad's name that uh, provides scholarships to kids that want to study nature. That's the short version. Okay, so I guess we're done. Yeah, that's it. All right. yeah, cool. yeah. Right. yeah. See you. Um, it is uh, when you, you do events like this, you see things. As, it's always like something in friends. It's like a charity fundraiser. But I think in this case, like you guys actually all are friends. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, we're well, Dan, so, Dan's not my friend; huh? he's my brother. Like That's yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I do very uh, little more than just attend. Actually, <laughs> well, the the entire thing, and that's kind of the reason that I, I wanted to. To come on and talk is like I, I find it very difficult in our like 140 characters mm-hmm. universe that we live in to like really explain the entire event, and I get a lot of questions. Um, and so it's nice to have more than a few minutes to talk about it. Absolutely. Um, the the event uh, provides a scholarship every year, and that scholarship is de- is determined by a, a large group of judges, and um, so kids. Uh, find out about the scholarship availability through usually through the National Wildlife Federation Rangerick publications magazine. like Rangerick Magazine, and then they apply. And what they do is they write an essay. And so, how many essays did they get this past time? Sixty or seventy. Yeah, a lot of essays. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of reading that goes into it. I have been not very involved in the reading of the essays because they generally come during when I'm on spring tour. Right, right. <laughs> and um, so I'm usually not around. But Dan's been heavily involved with that every year and. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole thing is a, is a family effort. I, I see it as a family effort and a group effort. Uh, you know, a group of my friends. Uh, I'd certainly, with every year as it grows, uh, this year is going to be seven hours of music. Jeez. The first year, I think, was three. So, wow. um, you know, with every passing year and wanting to figure out 
uh, new and better ways of raising more money uh-huh. and um, and that sort of thing. Like it's definitely required that I delegate more and, and ask more favors. So. Right. Yeah. Now, so, and on all of you here, like, we can go around and like introduce people. Like uh, Dan, you're Ben's brother. I am. Yeah. Ben, so. uh, yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> as far so. as we know, we're biological brothers. As yeah. far as you know, mm-hmm. uh, we have Ryan from uh, the Beanstalk Library and hey. Adam. Uh, what Coward Squire? What mm-hmm. else? And for, uh, for both of those bands, I would, I need to, I would be remiss if I didn't insist that you use the definite article <laughs> the, before God the name. it. <laughs> I should never <laughs> my mouth. We'll, we'll make yes. sure we do the, yeah. the Beanstalk Library and the, the Coward Squire. I see. All right. We get demerit points in Coward yeah. Squire. The, the, the Coward Squire, if we don't say the. <laughs> <first>. <laughs> uh, Aaron, yes. correct. Uh, how Hi. do you know these guys? I've known Ben for like eight years now. Yeah. Uh, Not how long? How? What's your last name, Aaron? <laughs> I'm on what? <laughs> <laughs> it's Mason. It's, it's on. This stuff is on now. Yeah. You said how long have I known? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. How, how do you know these guys? Right. Well, I was getting to it. I've known him for eight years, <laughs> and he uh, he came to a, a show of mine on his birthday. Yeah. Eight years ago, and uh, saw my band playing to nobody, and then I became friends with him. And been playing music with him ever since. So, do lots of things with him, but most play of, with Derek. That's his brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Derek? Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Derek. I know how you know him. Yes. Yes. You guys uh, like cuddle in. Yeah, we're, 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 we are definitely cuddle friends. Yep. But, yep. Um, I would, I would say that's pretty much the extent of our friendship. We just cuddle, and um, occasionally he hits things behind me while I make noises with instruments, yep. but for the most part, uh, just cuddling um, and stuff. Jasmine? Jasmine. Uh, I'm Jasmine Gillison. I've been working at the same summer camp, band camp, with Ben for a few years. We didn't really know each other at first, um, but then I met Derek through IOTA in Arlington Mm -hmm. and realized that they knew each other and played music together, and then we all became close friends. It's been two or three years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's been fun. Very nice. Jasmine's been in charge of the the merch booth at the show uh, since the second year, I guess. Maybe I think for this also and and the merch booth at, at this event since there are anywhere between twenty to twenty five bands playing, is uh, it's like a it's just like a sea of merchandise, yeah. t-shirts and CDs, and so she does a fantastic job of nice. keeping all that stuff organized. Something that I could never hope to do if that were my only job, but right, know, right, at right, the right. event, you know. And, and this year it's, at a, it's a Jam Java, correct? Is it it's always been, a Jam? It's job? always been a Jam Java. Yeah, it's just it's a it's an ideal venue for so many reasons. Um, it's it's not so far outside of the city that people from the city won't come. Mm. Um, it's um, it's a legitimate great concert venue. It's got really yeah. really good sound, really good sound staff. Um, they um, they have food there, um, and for a long <laughs> well for a longer event that matters. Yeah. Um, if you're expecting or, or even asking people, not expecting, but asking people to consider sticking around for seven hours of music, sure, sure, um, that's that's a long time. Yeah, and so, uh, and they have a full liquor license, which you know some of my older friends from DC appreciate. But it's also yeah. all ages, and so finding a venue like that, right, that where anybody of any age can come, and it, but it still caters to like you know just about any demographic. Um, plus, they have. 
the main stage, which everybody's familiar with, but they also have a stage they can set up in the lobby, which I've yep. used for the past couple years. Now, are uh, you guys going to be utilizing alternate. that this year? Like, have mm-hmm. sort of like uh, side stages? Yeah, well, I, I, I just I, I run the uh, the two stages back and forth. Okay. So there's never two artists playing at the same time. Right. It's just not big enough yeah. to support that. Um, but what it allows is um, it gives people a chance to kind of duck out for a minute. Yeah. You know, or um, and and it just it it doesn't require those like frantic. You know, lightning yeah. fast uh, changeovers, which always result in somebody in the band forgetting something, you know. Yeah. Uh, so th- this way we get 20 to 30 minutes uh, in between bands on either stage, you know. Very nice. So. Now, in, and, and I asked you the first time you came on, I said, like, who don't you play with? <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask sort of a, a variation of that, like. With seven hours of music, who's not playing this fucking thing? Oh, <laughs> like, well, it's yeah. It's you, a, I mean, the lineup is huge. The lineup is is yeah. I'm I'm really happy with everyone that was able to do it. Uh, I'm gonna have to actually pull up the the website so I can read who's playing because I don't want to forget anybody. But four of my bands are playing: um, The Coward's Choir, <laughs> Derek Avery and his band of misanthropes, uh, Mr. Vaughn and Yuma Ray, and uh, Lauren Calf band. Mm-hmm. Um, and my phone is now trying to reload the page, even though it only has one <laughs> bar. So uh, it's going to take a second to find out who else is, is playing. <laughs> but those are those are the four of my bands that are playing. Four of your um, bands. And uh, that's going to be towards the end of the evening. That is the end of the evening. The last hour and a half is going to be those four bands back to back. Was um, there any, uh, was it just like friends of yours, bands knew about it, sign up and say, hey, I really want to help out with this cause? Or I, I invite people. Yeah. Um, I, I've considered opening it to, like, you know, applications or whatever, because mm-hmm. I, I definitely am aware of, you know, I don't always want it to be the same bands, and I, I know that there's great music happening out there in the D.C. area that I've never heard, um, but it's just it's just been always easier for me to know, having seen bands, mm-hmm. uh, only inviting bands that I've seen that I know are quality, you yeah. know, um, and that I know are down for it. I mean, asking strangers... Uh, to play for free is a little weird. Yeah. So, um, you know, any any of these people... Does that, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so here's the list. Whole other podcast here. Here's the full list. <laughs> no, I, my internet's working. Uh, Mary L. is performing. Emily Henry, Jacqueline Francis, Jasmine Gillison, Shannon Carey, Jamie and James, Kid Claws, Lowercase Letters, Classified Frequency, Dr. Robinson's Fiasco, there's going to be a set, a uh, songwriter set in the round, including Ryan Walker, Alex Vans, Derek Avery, Andrew Gaddy, and Jackson Edwards, uh, and Rebecca Todd, who's my only out-of-towner this year, unfortunately. Oh. There's a bunch of out-of-town acts that I asked, and it just didn't work with didn't a lot of people's out. schedules. Well, it's a little odd to have a big festival like this in the middle of August. Um, it started out, I started out doing that because my birthday's August 17th, and um, uh, I had gotten in the habit of hiring a friend or two to play at a birthday party mm-hmm. uh, every summer. And after my dad passed away, um, I was kind of brainstorming ways that I could help raise money for this scholarship fund. Um, and so the first one was just kind of me saying, oh, cool, why don't I just move my birthday party from my house to Jam and Java, and that way I don't have to clean up afterwards. And uh, <laughs> maybe we can raise some money, too. And uh, it worked out really well, so we've just grown the event yeah. every year. Now, talking about your dad, and that's mm-hmm. the reason why this... Uh, you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, he died from cancer. Yes. Um, that was how many years ago? He was diagnosed in 2008 uh, yeah. with brain cancer. It's called glioblastoma multiform, mm-hmm. which is apparently the most common form of brain cancer. It's also uh, it's also the most aggressive. Yeah. 
uh, and then he passed. They, they predicted, they generally give people about a year when they're diagnosed with that form mm -hmm. of cancer. He had a couple of brain surgeries um, and lots of, lots of treatments, and, um, and he, he made it for a year, which is what they predicted. Yeah. Um, and so he passed away in, uh, in June of 2009. And what kind of work did he do that led you to doing this type of thing as opposed to, say, throwing a benefit for brain cancer? That's a really good question. Um, uh, well, he was the chief naturalist for the National Wildlife Federation uh, my whole life. He got the job, I think, a couple months after I was born. And uh, so I grew up going to the National Wildlife Federation. I grew up being, I think, hyper aware of a lot of environmental concerns and issues that only now within the past five years are more like household names. Yeah. Things like global warming, mm -hmm. which, you know, some people still deny exists. Climate, um, change. climate change, right, sorry, <laughs> is, is something that, that I, we heard around the house, like, from as long as, ago as I can remember. And yeah. just, um, you know, being particular about recycling and those sorts of issues was something that was just always kind of common sense to my dad and to us. Um, he um, was also always on faculty every summer at these... Um, these things that were called conservation summits back mm -hmm. then, which the Federation uh, subsidized. And uh, they were week-long family vacations at, um, every summer would be at a different uh, natural location. Some of them we went to were at the, the Adirondacks. Yeah. There were a couple of years they were so popular that they were able to justify having two. Mm -hmm. um, and five, five hundred to a thousand people, depending. Yeah. And oftentimes they'd be on college campuses near, like, a, a preserve or a national sure. park, uh, so there would be housing. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was a really unique thing, and I didn't realize a lot of, a lot of my childhood, I, I didn't realize until I became, like, an early teenager just how unique it was, my early childhood, my entire childhood because of my dad. Um, but these vacations were not just go on the beach and hang out every right. day. It was uh, for the adults. It was, you know, go to a natural location and consider, you know, taking a class and identifying wildflowers, you know, every, every morning, or go on a nature walk every day, photography, mm -hmm. so it was you like name it. Summer camp for the whole family. Yeah, and and they, they also organized youth groups, and so I went to one of these every summer for as far back as I can remember, and they were really, um, really great memories for me. Yeah. And so um, when my dad decided to refuse any further treatment, when it was kind of accepted that okay, he wasn't going to probably wasn't going to beat this thing, so we had to make the he had to make the decision about mm -hmm. quality of life versus uh, paying for and going through more treatment. Um, he and uh, Jean, my stepmom, discussed, you know, what's going to happen when you die. What 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 do we need to you know, what what do you want? What's your wish? Right. You know, and. Um, as far as I understand, and he, he was having a lot of trouble communicating at that point, was, uh, but was, what was decided was that um, they would set up a scholarship fund. And I think actually, initially, it was just going to be a fund. Yeah. And there was lots of folks at the Federation who, uh, National Wildlife Federation, who had different ideas about what the money could be used for. I mean, you know, there's so many great things that could be used for. Um, and because um, my dad was very active and supportive of the volunteer program at mm -hmm. National Wildlife Federation. And he was also really, really excited about getting kids into nature and excited about the natural world. So eventually what we decided to do, uh, and I say we, I, I should say they, um, the folks at the Federation, uh, so the friends of the family, folks of the Federation that, that were involved in this, um, they decided that they would set up the scholarship fund, which would send one kid and a, and a guardian to one of these summits yeah. every year. Now what's a little complicated about it is that the summits are no longer subsidized by the Federation. <laughs> They, they, the Federation dumped the program. Right. A bunch of people got together and said, hey, we still want to do this. And so now it's a separate program. So it still exists. Right. And the fund is stewarded by the National Wildlife Federation. 
So there's a lot of moving pieces to this right. puzzle. And it's still um, co-promoted, and, mm-hmm. and a lot Absolutely. of the staff comes out of the Federation yeah. still. So that's, so that's the fund. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the, the, the scholarship fund and how, and how it works. And um, at this point, you know, when you're five years out from someone passing away, I mean, my dad was pretty well known in the environmental community, mm-hmm. um, you know, but still... There's always a huge influx of money when somebody passes away initially. Absolutely. You know, in lieu of flowers, send money to, et cetera. Um, it gets harder and harder every year to, um, to keep, keep the message you know, going and get the word out that like, we're still trying to raise money for this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would love to see eventually is that the fund gets to the point where we can send, at least send a kid once every year just from the interest on the money that's sitting there. But mm-hmm. we have a long way to go. Yeah. Um, and at this point... Besides, you know, occasional small donations, my event is the only thing that's raising money for the fund. Right. Um, we're considering maybe trying to organize a race because my dad was also an avid marathoner, mm-hmm. um, and we think that that would be. I've read that that's and talked to people that you know that that's a really good way of raising money. Also, yeah. So, hey, have you ever considered like doing like multiple events like throughout the year? Yes, because it sounds like you guys are sort of one of the lone stewards of this like going forward, you know, getting, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, people raising money for this. Yeah. Um, there is having, I think, your friends, and I mean, this has been proven time and time again, but an event like what you do is a really powerful way to raise money for anything. Yeah. You know, people can relate to music. You know, you can do it, music, acting, whatever you want to do it, but you put a bunch of, like, artists in one place and be like, we're raising money for this, and people will just come. Sure. You know? Well, you would hope. Um, you, you, yeah, you would hope. You would hope. It's, you know, you still, you still have to get the word out, and, and that's actually, I've been really fortunate. There's a couple of folks who, who aren't, weren't able to make it today, but who have been really instrumental in helping mm-hmm. out with this year's event, too. Allie Gibson has been helping me get the word out to a lot of um, print and radio mm-hmm. and, and uh, blogs, and uh, Kate Moran has been a huge help in... Uh, Organizing some of the fundraising. This is the first year we have real sponsors. Yeah. Um, actually, we've had one real sponsor in the past, but this is the first year I've made a real concerted effort to try to get lots of sponsors. So far, the Urban Mattress, the mattress place right next to door to Jam and Java, is sponsoring the um, the front lobby stage, mm-hmm. and which is amazing, uh, which is great. Is there going to be mattresses? Uh, I, I, <laughs> that was not part of the stipulation, but that's not a bad idea. Now, as it as, is the acoustic stage, so as someone who is. Uh, Running sound for and uh, stage managing um, that stage specifically, uh, do you, don't don't you feel like I might be entitled? You should to at least get a cot or a hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or maybe, or, a or maybe just maybe like like a, like a like a like a like a one foot sample of memory foam. Can I just get that? At least well, I'm a little frightened what you might use that for. <laughs> I'm gonna make a little pillow. Hopefully, I thought I thought you said bring it. There's cats. Yes, for the cats. A meat mattress. <laughs> we call that a mattress. Yeah, actually, we don't call that anything. Um, uh, we also we have two other sponsors I, that I that I also want to mention. Um, studio V, which is a brand new, mm-hmm. fully functional professional audio recording studio that that Aaron Mason actually uh, is is working at a lot now, nice. and it's where the Cowards Choir uh, just finished tracking uh, our new EP that's going to be out in October. Um, their spot they've donated. Uh, heavily which is fantastic mm-hmm. and then uh, seven drum lessons which is a brand new uh guitar and drum lesson studio uh, on u street in northwest has also made a donation yeah um now and to that i, I guess i'd want to ask like you guys as ben's doing all the talking here <laughs> um when something like this comes up what 
compels you? What draws you to like participate? Is it? I mean, you're like this is a good, obviously a good cause. Is it? You know, not what's in it for you, but I think like. Do you see that as, like, I'm a musician, I have this opportunity to do something with what I do? I mean, I've, I've never, um, I've, I've, I've been involved in, in the uh, event. I think, I think I've been at almost every single one. I don't think, was I at the first one? I was actually trying to remember that the other day, if you played the first sure. one. But most of them. Everyone since, yeah. Yeah, um, definitely the last two years, uh, and then this year. And I think... For me, it was it was it was a kind of just a no brainer. Like, yeah, you know, my my friend, right, uh, has this you know this cause that is really really important to him, and he's really really important to me. So okay, and that's <laughs> it. Like, yeah. I really didn't even think twice. It wasn't right. like a, you know, can I check my schedule? What do I get out of it? I I help my friend. That's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's kind of. It it's sort of just a no brainer. Like most people who are semi decent, which I feel like are the majority of our friends in the music community. Uh-huh. Um, some of us are assholes. Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm in that category too. <laughs> um, I'm not a saint, uh, but uh, yeah, just kind of okay. Yes, that's it. I think yeah, it's also a really so. good um, celebration of the community that has developed in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I. I guess I've been involved in some way or another with with most of them, but you know I always try to just get there when it starts and stay till the end yeah. just to see all the because Ben does a great job curating it and getting there and having some coffee and watching Java. watching the uh, <laughs> the acoustic things at one o'clock and then jamming uh, with having, some Java <laughs> some having crazy. a beer with the uh, bands that are playing later on you yeah. know it's just a great day to be with a lot of people that that I care about and. And uh, to celebrate kind of the the great music that happens around. Mm-hmm. Here. Yeah, I was I was friends with him when. Uh, oh, I'll take that. <laughs> I was friends with him when his dad was going through all right. that and talking to him all the time, basically. And also knew Dan then too. Um, so it is like Derek said, like a no brainer. Like, right. oh yeah, of course I'll be there, you know. And I probably played every one of them, probably, and. Uh, you know, over time, it's just I just help with whatever I can do. I think the first one, I probably had no way to help except right. play. But right. now that I work at the studio, it's like a way to yeah. like sponsor and, and help. And you know, yeah, it's not that I don't get anything out of it, but the most the most that I sure. can get out of it. I mean, you know, he actually says, you know, my name. He brings me here. He talks about the studio. That's that's amazing. But yeah. that's not the reason. You know, it's, that's just a bonus to it. Um, but to to get to be there and like hang out with everybody that mm-hmm. I know that I play music with all the time is also a reason. But the uh, the main reason is you know because he's my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I that that's I mean that's a great reason. I mean that is you know like Derek said you know there's a lot of asshole musicians. Yes. <laughs> um, and I mean and there's a lot of stuff that you could where people are uh, concentrating on just their career just doing this and being like you know should I do this should I do this and instead of that you know you guys are sort of embracing not just being friends with Ben but uh, being like we can actually do stuff good you know this is a thing to like give back yeah to, and in this case it's just 
the fun. Um, you can do a lot of other stuff with that, though. It's also our um, eight-year anniversary. That's right. On his birthday. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah, we can. What do you do for eight years? Huh? Eight, what, what, what do you do for eight years? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think eight years on the, the, the ten-year, that's, that's guaranteed dinner, like, and uh, present. <laughs> we still Maybe have Jordan. to figure out who's the dude. So, so well, we don't obviously, know <laughs> I'm not very dude-like, I guess. Um, but I, I, well, I mean, I do have a wife and two kids. That that, that proves I'm a dude. No, I'm, at some point, at least twice, you were a dude. Yeah. <laughs> so the the event is great. That like it's probably one of the few times you know there's like the Christmas thing we do, but one mm-hmm. of the few times I can bring all of them. And they can come yeah. and like you know my son can fall asleep while I play, <laughs> which he's he's done he's done before. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was another attraction for doing it at Jam and Java is that it's close enough to where I teach a lot of students. Yeah, still, yeah. Uh, I have been teaching in the Western Fairfax area for a long time, uh, and so it enables my students uh, to be able to come out with their families. Um, and to the other to the other thing that you mentioned about you know not so much what's in it for you but mm-hmm. what what does it do for yeah. the, you know the folks that. That participate, I, you know, I've always been sensitive to. Every time I get called for a charity event, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested because I do, uh, you know, I think it's funny. Like musicians make very little money compared to a lot of other, Absolutely. you know, jobs. Yeah. But you will find that most musicians are a lot more giving with their yeah. services, um, even if they've had bad experiences. And I, I'll be honest, unfortunately, and this is just the nature of the game, a lot of my a lot of my experiences with poorly organized shows were mm-hmm. charity events and that's just simply because there's no accountability because everybody's working for free so I didn't want my event to be like that yeah um, and you know uh, in addition I think the first year I called it a showcase and then I realized there's that you know that word is used a little bit too sure generously these the showcase is supposed to be an event where musicians uh, get seen by folks who can help them yeah. you know like people in the industry um, this year uh, I'm actually, I actually do have the opportunity to give back to something to the musicians, which mm-hmm. is something I can't actually talk about yet, because okay. we're going to surprise everybody on the day of the event, but I'm pretty excited about is that. chips and salsa? It's not chips and salsa. I hope that's not a downer. <laughs> no. Can it be chips and salsa? <laughs> it could be chips and salsa. <laughs> okay. Um, this is sort of, for you and, and Dan, I think, the work your father did, like, you, I don't know what you do, Dan, but... Uh, I, I run restaurants. You run restaurants, okay. <laughs> no, but that's... You have chips and salsa. Um, so both in, in, in a somewhat, like, creative, like, occupations. Well, and I think my, my dad was much more feverishly uh, uh, and as um, and more entirely uh, immersed in his career as uh-huh. what my brother does. They're very similar that way. Right. And the community that they both kind of generated in either profession is uh-huh. pretty similar, actually. Uh, but you know, for for me, uh, you know, the the connection or what I what I missed the most was the time spent outside and outdoors right. and things like that. And so, really, I think this year, uh, Ellen, who is a friend of my dad's and who still works for Ranger Rick Magazine and National Wildlife, those flyers she put together actually highlighting the kids that have won so far. Mm-hmm. I think it would be cool for a lot of the musicians that have played at least repeatedly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to get a better sense of what actually is happening with the money the, thanks yeah. to you guys uh, yeah. and it is really neat when you read when you go through the, the the essay process and you're reading the essays and you have to grade these kids it's it's actually maddening you want to uh, send them all yeah You'd it's like right, all, you know? right. And, and, and I have very uh, little justification to grammatically 
<laughs> but uh, and that's not all it is. I mean, you have to. We have uh, we have a um, section called the Craig Factor, mm-hmm. or you know, and it's you're supposed to like, like get a, a grading gauge, criteria gauge their passion, and mm-hmm. and it's and it's it's so difficult. But uh, it is really neat to see how they they do these these essays, and and then to read about uh, uh, you know afterwards. What, what things they learned and how much they enjoyed it, just because I know growing up how much I enjoyed it. Right. Uh, and so that's, that's pretty neat for me. Right. Do, and do you think, though, that, that the work that your father did, like, how did that affect, like, you guys, like, in what you do, like, creatively? I mean, you teach, mm-hmm. you know, a lot, and, you know, your father was doing a lot of that work, too. Yeah. Um, do you think the specific nature of that work like, how did that influence? Well, um, I mean, obviously, the, so I grew up on the Claude Moore Park, Claude Moore Farm mm-hmm. uh, in Sterling, Virginia, um, which was, at the time, was 300 acres of undeveloped property that National Life Federation uh, owned. It was eventually sold off to um, Loudoun County. But um, until I was eight, that's where I lived. So just by virtue of, like, having a 300-acre backyard, that kind of mm-hmm. makes you a little different. Yeah. Sure. I was, you know, sentient um, broccoli. <laughs> but I think more importantly, and this is something that that uh, my brother and I both have in common. It's it's not. I mean, yes, it's it, what my dad did for a living mm-hmm. um, was working with the national world. But how he did it is really, I think, mm-hmm. something that that I sort of inherited just from watching him. And I think Dan has done this too. I mean, say what you want about the restaurant industry, but I know my brother's really passionate about doing his job well, and I know he yeah. he treats other people really well. Yeah. And. Um, and I think no. that's the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> work for him. <laughs> that's true. So that, that's most of it. I mean, growing up as a little kid, you know, sometimes until you reach that, for me at least, until you reach that certain age where you realize that your parents are human beings yeah. um, and you're not embarrassed by everything they do anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like going out in public with my dad and, and you know, he, he would want to talk to everybody, you know, sure. and he could strike up a conversation with everybody, which as a little introverted kid, you know, who grew up on a farm, that was sometimes embarrassing or I just wanted to get home to listen to records. So I was right. like, come on. But I think as I've as I've grown, I don't know if I'd say matured, but as I've grown, <laughs> um, that's something I try to it's not not so much that I try. I, I just notice it about myself uh-huh. that um, as I get older, I just I end up catching myself a lot saying that's exactly something my dad would say and it makes me smile i like it yeah um you guys have it's up to seven hours this year Mm -hmm. like this this continues to grow you have now i think an infrastructure you know like you're helping out has been you who aren't musicians yeah. Um, well, Jasmine is a musician. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's she's actually performing this year's event oh. for the first time, which I'm Yay. pretty excited Yay. about. Yeah. <laughs> what are you playing? Uh, just acoustic guitar and singing solo. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. My apologies. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but and Dan played trumpet in middle school, so there's that. Yeah. Very importantly. Nice. Yeah. nice. Well, well, you had braces. So. You played trumpet. <laughs> it was a so blood mess. Now, <laughs> did Ben not tell you I suck at the internet? Yeah. <laughs> I really did. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> Does the internet have a teat? Is that how? Uh, that's a, more yeah. semantics. Good. Hi. Yes. I'll be I'll be in the closet. Yeah. Um, it does actually. Well, you had asked about doing the event, doing other events. Well, not just doing other events, but doing it like taking this unit and applying it to like other, like even other funds, different stuff that's yeah. not your, because it seems like you know this now is up and running. Yeah. 
you know, and you uh, tend to like, at least I tend to like, if I acquire knowledge on how to do something, you get to a point where you're okay with it and you, mm. you can keep running and stuff. But then it's like, well, how does this apply to other stuff? Yeah. Do you see some sort of expansion maybe like that? Or? Well, I mean, I, I want to grow the event responsibly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've made mistakes in the past with other uh, event ideas where I got really excited about an event and built and you know built a lot more functionality into it, and then you know for whatever reason, like fewer people showed up, and you get discouraged. And so with this event, I've really wanted to build it uh, responsibly every year. Thought about expanding it to two days. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still a possibility eventually. Um, I thought about doing an event more than once a year, but I, I start booking this thing in February every year, Jeez, yeah. and um, and it does take a lot of work, even with everybody helping out. And uh, so, as much as I'd like to do it more often, um, I want to do it well every time I do it. And I'm I'm just concerned every year, no matter how well it comes off. I always right. feel like afterwards, I'm like, Phew, like that just barely by the seat of my pants. You just go so, home and pass out after. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and uh, and I do have to figure out how to make a living. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the meantime, yeah, you know, because I, I don't I don't make any money off of this. So, um, so yeah, I, I've thought about doing more with it. Um, and some of the ideas for creating like uh, like a, a more regular revenue stream mm-hmm. include like this has been suggested before, and I think we're going to finally do it next year. Is um, put together some kind of either physical or digital Absolutely. digital yeah. release like compilation CD from some of the artists that mm-hmm. are performing each year. I think we're going to do that next year. Um, I did take um, an extra chunk of money, and I'm budgeting that for doing a um, like an ongoing recording project. Mm-hmm. Which is is currently on ice because I'm I've been doing band camps and marching band all summer. But um, Derek's already started one track with me for this, and, and uh, Lauren Calf has already started has also started one track uh, with me for this. Where uh, the money will kind of be split um, once the tracks are done. Half of the money will go back into the recording project, and half will go into my dad's fund. So it'll be a really tiny trickle at first, but with more and more tracks, yeah. uh, it'll eventually. The idea is that it'll it'll build and. When maybe when I get ten tracks together, the first mm-hmm. batch of ten, I'll actually do a physical release. So, there's other ideas for how I can get money back into the fund, but yeah. it really needs to be stuff that I can just do once, yeah, and then let it sit there and and make money because any and doing the event any more often, any uh, that's not really good grammar, is it? Doing doing the event more often than I already do, I think would I would it would I wouldn't be able to get as give as much attention to it, right? So, um, what's attendance generally like? I think it's varied. I think we have between 150 and 200 people every year, huh? not including the musicians, which are a big chunk of it. There's usually over 30 musicians involved. And this year is about the same. Oh, I don't. But know. I mean, uh, I, I, as a general rule, I, I my um, <laughs> just don't look. Right. Yeah. You're yeah. better off not knowing because because there's there's no way to predict how many people are going to come. Uh-huh. There just isn't. You can there's there's vague ways you can try to estimate, but the bottom line is, it's summer. Some yeah. people are going to be on vacation. Um, you can, all you can do is promote the event as best as possible and hope that lots of people come. And sometimes you'll have 20 pre-sale tickets, mm-hmm. 20, set tickets 20 tickets sold the day before the event, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then 100 people walk through the door. And other times you get 80 pre-sale and only 60 of them show because it rained. Or, you know, it, you, yeah, you yeah, just yeah, never yeah. know. So it, it's really dangerous because you can get really down on yourself or mm-hmm. over-confident. Uh, if you know the number. Sure. So I just, I, as a rule, I tell May over at Jamba Java, just, yeah. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm going to do my best to promote it and just be yeah. surprised yep. or not. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, is there anything else? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, part of the reason I wanted to bring 
these folks here with me was was to talk about stuff that they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Dan runs the Buffalo Wing Factory restaurants. Yeah, and everybody should go eat there. We actually just did a we just did a guest bartending. Yeah, I saw that last night at uh, one of the stores. It was a lot of fun. So the vegans over here have a little problem with that. <laughs> you you can you work there? Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't have a problem with it. You work there now. Yeah, but I don't. <laughs> you work there, but I don't. I don't eat there, so yeah. it's. I do. It's yeah, fine. French fries. French fries. Yeah. Um, I, I think Ryan has an event that he that he would like yeah. to talk about. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> Double oh, mic. Double mic. Um. Yeah, we're, we're going to start promoting this in in a lot of detail as soon as the um, as soon as the uh, Ben Tufts and friends is is over with, but uh, we're going to be putting on a. I guess when I say we. Um, I've been talking to Ben and, and Derek and uh, Aaron a little bit and, and some of our other bandmates. We're putting on a, a three-day festival at, at IOTA in October. Oh, wow. And uh, this might be the first time we've actually, like, really publicized this with a name and everything. It's going to be called, or it is called, the uh, Magnificent Intentions Festival. And it's just going to be three days of D.C. area Wow. Acts and um, I will not mention any of the acts yet, but um, there are a lot of really good ones, and I think people are going to be really astounded to see some of these acts all in one place. Yeah, and um, it's a lot of, I guess, what I would call iota kind of bands. They're, sure, they're, yeah. They're not. They're not necessarily the DC punk thing, but they're not really the, the Fairfax. Right, because the the IOTA scene that in Arlington, that area has its own music scene. Really does. I mean, and you really guys does. are pretty much it. I mean, so we're we're, <laughs> we're part of it. Yeah, we're part definitely of it. part yeah. of it. Yeah, but we're involved. You're giving mm-hmm. us too much responsibility. Um. <laughs> and this is just something we, you know, I don't know. Ben and I have been talking a lot about. There's so much good music in our area. Yeah, that can. Um, I was just, I, I remember I was watching the Grammys or something just for giggles, like, <laughs> <laughs> earlier this year, maybe it was last year, and I was just, and I was just thinking, like, I have, I have friends and bands that I see play at IOTA and that I know that are, that are, that make music that's like every bit as good as anything I've seen on this, yeah, yeah, probably yeah. better in most cases. And um, I just kind of wanted to put all that on display in a way that would really draw attention to the great music that's happening here. <laughs> and um, it's it's national quality stuff. And yeah. we've actually been taking care to not use the word local because I think that has a certain connotation. These are these are D.C. area acts sure. that are of a quality I think rivals anything yeah. that people know about in terms of national that's sort of ties into something you do Derek the uh, the music still happens here yeah 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 that's um, uh, yeah what, what, what is that well we had to uh, we had to cover up the uh, cookie <laughs> yeah I bought the worst food for <laughs> I've never done one of these before. hey, hey listen guys we're gonna be we're gonna be, we're gonna be recording like a podcast so I need you guys to all bring snacks here's what we need we need celery <laughs> yeah. we need chips anything that's individually wrapped like individual Make sure everything is in plastic well, it's actually yeah. and a plastic no. bag Ice, and a yeah. what's fascinating is seeing Ben he's not off mic he's just like food can you guys can you guys also can you also bring some meth too he's like, we'll just, he's like Ryan has something 
wants to talk about. So music still happens here is a uh, it's a it's a series of compilation CDs uh, just for DC music mm-hmm. or DC area music uh, that I started doing. Uh, I guess in 2012, okay. and uh, I, I just decided, m- much like what Ryan just said with the uh, Magnificent Intentions, uh, is uh, I, I know at, at least 40 bands in the area sure. that are amazing and need to have everyone on the planet know who they are. And, you know, if I, if I could just take 20 of those bands yeah. and... and put them on a CD and then just give them out to people that don't know who they are, you know? And basically the concept was, you know, everyone's looking for new ways to promote themselves and everyone's looking for new ways to, to kind of get what they're, what they're doing out there. And this is the, the, the best way that I could think of, um, just having, uh, you know, getting, having open submissions and, 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 and listening to, you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of bands, and and you know, trying to like picking. That was the difficult one for the first one, especially was mm-hmm. picking who goes on it. Um, and then the second one was uh, a, a little bit. Uh, actually, it was almost easier because I had less submissions. Um, but uh, um, but yeah, just getting getting like twenty bands and putting them on a, on, a, on a record, and they have nothing to do with each other other than they all are from the same area. And and then just give it out, yeah. get it in, get it in people's hands. If 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 you know, give it to your friends. If your friends know your band, sure. And there's 19 other bands on this record. Like there, there has to be something else on that CD that they love, and then they'll find out who they are and they'll go see a show. Um, yeah. And then I took it a step further and and put on uh, a release show for it, inviting all 20 bands oh, to wow. perform. And okay. I've done that. I've done that twice now, and we're um, also can't talk too much about it, but. There, there could be a slight correlation tie-in with the upcoming Magnificent Intentions Festival. Uh, oh. it's, it's, it's possible there may be some sort of a, 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 a what do you want to call it synergy. Is that what it is? I don't know. It's a good word. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna join forces, bumbuglies, and see what happens. And uh, <laughs> like yeah. we usually do, but like, this time yeah. it'll be like for more of a purpose. <laughs> That's on day three. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then we'll just go back to only doing hand stuff. Um, so that's... Keep it PG-13, man. I like it. Yeah. Um, so that's what's, that's what's up with Music Still Happens here. And I guess it's... I, I, I seriously, I, I absolutely... My biggest regret in, mm-hmm. in, in taking that on was calling it Music Still Happens here. That's so fucking snarky. You can always and, change the name. No. You no, know, I'm I, not gonna. <laughs> I'm stubborn. Well, and, and I, I can't remember who I was talking... It might have been you as we were talking about the DC scene on a podcast, I think, though. It's snarky, but it is, it can be, it's so segmented, segmented here yeah. that, like, people are looking for, like, it has to be punk or it's mm-hmm. no good. And that's just, it's just false. Right. Because, like you said, there is so much good so many, other music like, I mean, happening here. Look at Go-Go, period. Well, that, like, that, that... People forget that that's a thing, and that's a that's a I don't. right. Of no, course, no, of you don't. And people forget that not only that's a thing. That is that is a DC that is thing. DC, that's, DC that's the music. only thing yeah. that's just fuck, DC. I, I will be the first person to say fuck Fugazi, Chuck Brown. Like, that's <laughs> period. And I'm and I play punk and love it. Like, yeah, yeah, I fucking can't. It's that's 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 our musical history. Yeah, go-go it's, can't be it, man. No, but yeah. but go-go go-go is brilliant, and everyone just keeps throwing out the same fucking '80s hardcore yeah, bullshit yeah. at me, and like it's it's great music, and I fucking love it, and I love every band that's ever been influenced by every band that has that has ever been influenced by any band that's ever been influenced by any of those bands, and 
it, it, but there's still so much more, and it's all right. happening, and there's way too much of it to figure out where it is and, and how to find it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I want to help. I don't, I don't know if I am, but Aaron? The other thing yeah. that DC has yeah. kind of... <laughs> where did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> I took the mic away from you. You got a different one. We've got, I've got two, remember? <laughs> Do you, want, you can say what you're going to say first. Oh no! I was just thinking about Fugazi because you're you're recording at Bastille, which is part of Inner Ear, and I sold right. those records, and I yeah. was like, you know, it's it's even sad that like a, a studio that's legendary like that, like that's really the only, still the only thing, yeah. right, that they right. have to claim fame to is mm-hmm. is that old stuff. But I guess Steve Gold went there recently, yeah. but like, well, I think it's the only thing. Sad. It's the like, only it's, thing that they, they, it's, they, like, it's the only thing they. Like outwardly, lay claim and stuff. There's, right. There's tons of great records been recorded all over. I mean, there was like a. We had one back here, Father's Children, that uh, mm-hmm. the Emerald Group released. Uh, there used to be a studio in Adams Morgan, like stuff like that. So yeah. it used to be a huge like soul movement here. Um, but yeah, like I said, that they, they, it's there front and center. And it's like holy shit, Fugazi recorded here. Yeah. And you know, but there's more. You know, it's like yeah, that there can't that can't be like the only thing we did in this area was 30 years ago or something. Yeah. And, you know. Well, I mean, I always, I, I, I had, uh, my, my first, like, local, like, D.C. area studio experience was at, at a studio based in Occoquan, Virginia, that actually a friend of Ben and, and, and I uh, owned, um, Cobb, uh, and uh, uh, it, was, it was called uh, Neptune Studios, and I, I remember I went in there, and I was, like, 15, and, like, the just the biggest album that was on their wall was a Pie Tasters record, and yeah. I, I remember going, holy shit, this is amazing, and then, you know, we're a shitty high school band. Uh-huh. Nowhere near as good as Pie Tasters, uh, and our record sounded like shit. Not because of them, but because we were awful. Right. Um, but uh, if you want to look it up, we were called self-titled. Don't look it up. Um, <laughs> Going but, in the show. Uh, shit. Um, <laughs> can't look it up because he's bad at the internet. I am. That's true. Thank Christ. Um, but uh, but yeah, I remember I remember being so floored, and then but that was just like one band that I and I really wasn't that big of a ska fan, right. so I didn't. And I, and I just I just remember feeling very like oh there's not much like what I do in right. this area and that's totally not true yeah so I think so. one of the problems with with all that is that as much as I like a lot of music that came out of the the DC punk thing um, for whatever reason this could probably be a whole separate podcast but I just feel like part of the deal is that ambition in terms of national exposure mm-hmm. is sort of frowned upon right. And I think that's one of the things that we... Do you think we, that's uh, still, a, still the case, though? Um, I think that's finally fallen out of... I hope so. In the punk scene? Or? Well, yeah, definitely. Well, no, absolutely. Definitely. So, like, they, they just did and, and the, uh, the In It Together Fest, which mm-hmm. is a great idea. But, I mean, the Washington Post, like, dinged them, and rightfully so, by being like, oh, by the way, you, we can't tell you where the venues are. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, there's, no, there's nothing, you guys are all working musicians, there's nothing okay with that. Yeah. No, no, I agree. Like, the, the, um, and, and I, I would actually like to point, because this is a reaction to what you said about yeah. segmentation, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention a conversation I had recently, and if the gentleman who I had this conversation with happens to listen, yeah. I should say that he's a sweetheart and a really nice guy, and it, none of it was intended this way, mm-hmm. but the conversation went like this. He, we were just doing the typical musician thing mm-hmm. where instead of saying, like, so what'd you do this weekend? Because we both know we played shows all weekend. <laughs> right. um, so what do you got coming up? And, you know, and, you know, I would talk about, like, I feel like I'm going to be at IOTA, like, all fall, which is not a bad thing no. at all. I love IOTA. It's my home away from home. And he said something like, yeah, you play with a lot of Nova bands. And I, I thought, 
like I, yeah. I know I know what he meant was that I play with a lot of bands from the Northern Virginia area. Yeah. But there's a, there's a funny thing about some DC bands, and this is also the, the opposite is true. Mm-hmm. The inverse is true, where they they for whatever reason their fan base has trouble traveling across the Potomac. Um, where they just they don't want to play with iota bands or That's iota bands don't want to play with man. DC bands, and the unfortunate thing, and I think Ryan is one of the best examples of this uh, of of the good side of this is that Ryan is is has been in a band for years now who can play with DC bands and play with iota bands, and that's just because he's an open minded guy and he's he's nice yeah. to everybody. But there's 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 a there's a thing that happens with DC bands, and it's not just the sound. I mm-hmm. mean, not every band that plays at iota sounds the same, and not every band yeah. that plays you know. And DC sounds the same, but there's just this unfortunate sort of like tribal, like exclusionary process yeah. that sometimes happens. Mm-hmm. And that's really dumb. Which again, yeah, if we again, all if we all actually are in this together, in it together, yeah. then you know we, there should be more cross at that point. I mean, you may play music, but I I would not call you like a professional mm-hmm. musician. And the, the really silly thing about it is like a lot of these bands claim you know lineage going back to like oh you know I love Dismemberment Plan like well, you know I used to live across the street from Woodson High School yeah yeah in in Fairfax County where all those guys went to high school right like and you're another you know kid who just moved into D.C. from the suburbs mm-hmm. like come off it like let's just stop pretending like some people who play in D.C. are D.C. natives yeah and some people who come out and play at IOTA are DC natives, but does it really matter no. which side of the Potomac you're I mean, born on? <laughs> why, why can't we just we just all like just put our heads together and just hate Maryland? Like, what? <laughs> I am so 100% <laughs> fuck that state. I am from Maryland, Derek. <clears throat> Yeah, it's worse. Yeah, it is worse. All, all you guys have is good Charlotte. Is That's fucked yeah. up. I grew up in Maryland, and I have no argument. Okay. <laughs> I, I love Maryland. No, Maryland's great. <laughs> well, okay, I moved to Virginia because I love Virginia more than Maryland. Right. But I, you know, I hate I hate things about DC. I hate driving sure, in it. Sure. I, I think the biggest, I hate playing in it. Well, that, that that's the thing. <laughs> I hate the, parking the, in the, it. Yeah. The, the 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 thing about DC right now is uh, there's there's nowhere to fucking park. So like being in a band right there sucks. Yeah. You know, every show you play, you're getting a fifty dollar ticket. Like parking near Black Hat is well, you are. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I don't get tickets when I play, but Derek does. Right. <laughs> we had a, a ours, when we got back from tour. Yeah, we played our last show of tour. A friend of ours drove around uh, Black Hat for forty minutes looking for parking. I'm sure, and missed our entire set and went home and then left because he could not find parking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and that's I, I, that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not a city planner, so I have absolutely no like realistic well, that's, idea for how to solve this. But it didn't but used to be that way. There, there is no way to solve it now. City with cars in mind, not horses. No, you don't. No, yeah. you don't. Public transportation. Yeah. yeah. Reminds me of old uh, Sterling Fairfax. You remember when I was a kid and the, the page ninety nine. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Darkest Hour, Fairfax Loudon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was fun back then. Well, I guess we know who won because Darkest Hour. Oh was yeah, <laughs> Be, and you know, I mean, and that is another thing. Like DC, as, as a, a, like the city proper, there are. I don't want to say a shortage of venues. There's lots of places to play. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a shortage of uh, venues with with a reputation of being uh, where you want to go, right. either where you want to go play or where you want to go see bands. Yeah. And and I mean, the, there's always going to be like 9:30 Club. No one can touch that that place. Like yeah. hospitality wise, sound it's amazing. It's huge. Uh, parking again, but that's everywhere in DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, Black Cat is a brilliant venue. Yeah. Uh, DC Nine is great. You know, places like that. Um, but then you, you just get smaller down the chain, and th- th- that's those are the clubs where the, they 
kind of we're all playing like all of our friends mm-hmm. are playing like all the people that you're gonna they're coming up you're gonna go see they're gonna be playing at you know uh, Velvet Lounge they're gonna be playing at right. Treehouse you know they're gonna be playing those clubs and you you some of them you you love going there some of them you just fucking like I don't want to be there unless. I have to, right? You know. By and the way, Derek, I don't, I don't want to be at Velvet Lounge unless <laughs> I have to. That's okay. I'll, I'll go there. With, I'll go there with Treehouse Lounge we were there too. Twice. That's okay. true. We did, we did play there twice. Well, in the last, and, in the last, and you're but seeing both times we had very different experiences. You're seeing a lot of like house venues, which yes, is a whole, yes, this, and, and that's, this, that's the point that it I was, really I was trying is to get a, to. a whole separate podcast. Oh my I have thoughts yeah. about that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you're seeing that, and and that's great. But like again, you have to get out and like publicize that. It can't be like that. That's a commitment. You're going to have people come in and. Likely trash your house, and then and then the other yeah. the other the other problem is uh, the you know stuff that happens like at the lab or uh, like house shows like Paper House or Sixteenth mm-hmm. Street or you know any of those things is you get really clicky or the fold or the fold right which is amazing it, yeah. yeah. And but you know people go there and then they they fall in love with it and and that one experience was great so much so that they keep coming back and don't go to venues yeah and don't go see yeah, their I don't know if there'll ever be a, a, a too much of a danger of that no no but but there there is um, and if there is that that just means that there's a problem I mean that's just right. that's just the the consumer determining the market you know and I think that's good sure I think that says something mm-hmm. about the issue of. Yeah. Of you know, they don't want to go to those places. They don't want. They don't want to go to certain clubs, and so yeah. people are doing more shows at their house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I it, can't say enough about the lab in uh, Alexandria, which is where one of my band, where the Beanstalk uh-huh. Library practices. But uh, they've got a great venue there, and they do what, a lot what of. What is uh, the lab? I, I'm totally unfamiliar with it's it. It's a it's a theater space, uh, performance space, art uh, studio space. They rent out. Um, to to visual artists, uh, but they but they have a, a big performance mm-hmm. space, mm-hmm. and um, a, there's just a lot of cool like like DIY. Yeah, festivals they do a lot and, of uh, sort of DIY type of punk shows mm-hmm. um, for under you know yeah. especially that underage kids can, yeah. can go to, and they put on a festival there that's really that's really well done. Uh, my friend Dan kind of puts that on and uh, does a great job with that venue. But like my band's played there a couple times, and it's just a great place to play. But um, you know, while our crowds are never mm-hmm. that big there, I just don't think mm-hmm. that a lot of people know about it. But there, are, there are certainly other places like that. But um, you know, we just need to get our bands just need to get bigger right. so we can attract well, more people to yeah. unconventional I'm not, venues. I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking house house venues. I, I yeah. love playing house shows. Like those we, are we those, played Paper House would, a couple years ago. Much that was rather, a great time. I would much rather tour the country playing house shows, yeah. like mm-hmm. every single time, because at least you know there's going to be people there who are there because they want to. Well, be there, there are people that are doing that now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's brilliant. You know, I mean, this uh, house shows have been around forever, mm-hmm. but in cities like here, especially you go out west a little more, sure. uh, northwest, like you're seeing them pop up more and more oh, and more, yeah. and so you have places to stop. You, you get a lot of people doing like living room tours, yeah. like like they'll just. You know, send out on their mailing list like, "Hey, I want to play your town. Who's got a house?" And it's brilliant. What's his name from uh, Page of the Lion? Uh, Dave Bazan. Dave, yeah, Dave Bazan. He, Friends, he does those. Friends Nikolai does that. Yeah, uh, Damien Gerardo did mm-hmm. that recently. Um, did just uh, he wanted to play the Midwest and he was like, "What if, you, what if you're extremely loud, fan?" <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Derek, Derek Ever and his band of misanthropes are not probably playing a house show anytime soon. Although we'd, we'd still love to. We yeah. just have to give out earplugs at the door. That's fine. That sound is kind of over anyway, though. I mean. 
<laughs> loud rock bands with a lot of guitars and stuff. Right? Yeah. Lots of percussion. It's it's all, over, it was over before we started the band. It's, it's all, it's all, it's all about tumble. soft and like bleeps and bloops now. <laughs> I'm just being totally sarcastic. Dude, that's that's fucked up. I went to uh, we played a show in Richmond a couple of weeks ago, and I went back to my friend's house, and her housemates, who we had talked to before we left, were like, "Hey, what'd you guys do tonight? Oh, went to the show. What did you guys do? Oh, we went to go see a noise show." And it was and there was like, "What is that? Like, exactly?" And they were like, "Oh, here!" And they pulled out their iPhone and like played me like one of the bands, and I'm putting bands in air quotes because <laughs> it was literally like a woman breaking glass over ambience and like screaming at random oh, things. Which, and it's like, why would you go watch that? I, I actually better go watch it than see, than like listen to it. There's a there's a kid that was at the studio when I first started to go there mm-hmm. that was. Um, Ben Green, the chief engineer there, was working on this thing, and it was like, it was just like movie music, but mm-hmm. he was like, had a barrel and like a mic up to it, and was like trying to get ambient sounds, and then he was telling me there's like this whole, like, thing where like there's a, a sound, scene. Like a soundscapes mm-hmm. movement. Yeah, yeah, and they play these little shows where people Absolutely. go and watch it. And Absolutely. you just, it's an, it's an experience more than, it, it's like, you know, something. You get like, high. Right. <laughs> you just, get, Yeah. It, unless you're unless you're doing drugs, there's no there's no reason to, <laughs> to go see any live performance. Honestly, um, no. But uh, but I just I don't I was I was so like kind of weirded out that people would elect to go watch noise, then go hear. Well, we're well, calling it noise and saying I'm going to go watch it. That's nope. different. But you're like I'm going to go watch soundscapes. It's a slippery slope when you start deciding what's music and what's not. Yeah. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, um, and. If, if it's just a reaction to traditional song structure and people just... I mean, you think about a lot of what kids listen to these days. I've had students that come in and ask them what they listen to, and they say uh, video game music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you, if you consider how many hours a kid I'll might play video games mind, versus listening to, listening to bands, yeah. I mean, you know, it's legitimate. Sure. It's legitimate. I mean, I, all I'm going to do is keep doing what I do and hope that yeah, yeah. people can I mean, that and that, That's the thing. You can't... I don't think you can... Uh, any good artist, like you know what you do, you can't. Our you can't. You can't. The music we listen to is noise. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can't chase down like yeah, something else because other people it was like it. Super interesting that that's what was going on. I had no idea that you know. It's actually kind of encouraging. Of a, guy, a, guy, yeah. a guy who's written for us sometimes does that. Yeah. And calls himself a composer, and I don't know about all that, but um, yeah. And, and you're finally just coming out of yeah. like you know the basement like setting or making yeah. like music for movies, and they're like, oh, I can have a live show with it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, I'd love I'd love to see it just for the pure interest. Of just it. have somebody doing like some foley art work, <laughs> stand on stage. Yeah, we're not we're not really sure what mics are. Which are picking up everything. <laughs> yeah, I become a lot less snobby about music. The like the m- music, sorry, the more I, <laughs> the about the, the musics. Musics. About the music. How old um, are you? <laughs> you listen to the music you know, on the internet. Since I started uh, making records and, and uh-huh. playing more, I mean, there there are bands that uh, I'm sure everyone in this room cannot connect with that yeah. have very big fan bases. Well, we were talking about Psychedelic and, Health, for um, example. Like, like the like, Beanstalk like, Library. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm just kind of like glad that 
whatever anyone's into, they have the opportunity to like experience that. Uh-huh. Sure. I found what, having a brother growing up and having a brother who's a musician and much, much older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> everything I was listening to was under constant scrutiny. And now, and almost virtually everything I listened to, he detested. What are you looking at? What are you uh, listening to? That's well, yeah. that's, that wasn't because it was everything you listened to. It's because everything you did. And that just happened to fall under the, you know, the <laughs> umbrella. You know. But uh, um, now I relish if I can find a band that Ben hates. Right. <laughs> and I've gotten I smart enough to... I how much... Yeah, it, it's 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 entertaining. Who's my latest least favorite that you've been? What's his I name? Buster Balls about Mason Jennings. Mason Jennings, right? Yeah, I can't stand him. Uh, Dan Dan's a big small. fan. His first name is a last name. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. Now I'm gonna start problematic. Well. <laughs> is he related to Waylon Jennings? He's not. Yeah. Oh yeah, we thought he is was. Is he not? I thought that no, was probably the only Shooter reason. Jennings. Shooter Jennings is, yeah. I thought, I've got that mixed up one You definitely thought that. I thought that because I couldn't understand any other way he was successful, but it turns out <laughs> that he's not related to Waylon Jennings. Jesus. It's amazing how our lawns get smaller as we get older. <laughs> so it's like an exponential <laughs> algorithm. It's just like, yank. Mine right now is literally like that big. It's like a post. Mm-hmm. Oh, mine's, is, mine's, mine's a big field. <laughs> with happy, yeah, with happy yellow flowers. Yeah. Yeah. I just my, am I, I get this argument all the time with my wife and my sister. Of like, I'm a music snob. I'm just a snob about yeah. it. I'm like, but that's what I do. Yeah. Our, Aaron, our, our, our lawns are, aren't lawns. They're just that one little square of concrete in front of our lawn <laughs> where people always let their dog shit. Like, that's where, that's our, that's our yard. I'm like, well, let me play, let me play some like metal or something. Like, I'll mm-hmm. put on Converge. I'm like, do you, you know, my wife likes it, but my sister, you know, I played it for the kids, kids I was teaching the other day. They were like, it's just some kid or some guy yelling and screaming. Yeah. Yes. He sounds angry. I'm like, See, he is. There's something you don't like. So yeah. leave me alone. Well, but, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly, I can be very critical um, in terms of my opinions. I just think there's room for everyone to have their own. Yeah. Like, I sure. mean, it, it's, it's my, my whole thing is like, I don't like that. But I don't have to. Some people get into where it's like you have to, you know, uh, um, tear it apart, objectively and like, prove why something. Yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. You shouldn't have to convince me why I have to like something, and I shouldn't have to convince you why you have to hate it. You know, if you're if you're wearing a Blink One Eighty Two T-shirt and I'm wearing a Green Day T-shirt, we can we can both get along. <laughs> just just, be, just know I that my T-shirt is better than your yours. T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> No judgment. No, 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 no best judgment. Blink one eighty two is actually playing the magnificent intentions. Right. Uh, so <laughs> oh, the big announcement. Let's just, let's just uh, you know, let's try to. Keep if we, if you book them, if you book them, they will come. Be careful. I don't know if we want Blink one eighty two. You've out crossed there. the line with Ben Tuff. They're not playing because they're not from this area. <laughs> no, that's true. They, I, mean, they I had to tell them. You know, I'm sorry. You, you tell them. Right Foo now. Fighters are playing though, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not announcing anything yet. Right. But 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 Foo Fighters yes. are playing. Yeah. Fugazi. Fugazi. Oh oh, there we go. Fug- the Fugazi reunion. It's actually it's it, called Fugazi. It's like, gonna yeah. It's, it's, it's Foo Fighters oh. and Fugazi. They're doing a set together. It'll like be a cute. set. Guys, we cannot talk about this yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dismemberment plan is gonna stop, is gonna de- decapitate Q and not you on stage. <laughs> that was supposed to be a surprise. Sorry. Ruined Sorry. Everything. I shouldn't have taken all these drugs before I came out here and talked about it's rock true. and roll. I will say though, uh, just I want to, you know, since we were talking about that earlier, there there are some quote unquote DC bands that will be on 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 this festival. Nice. So hopefully it'll be our little part to maybe start to 
blur those lines a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to give the impression that it was just a an iota band yeah. kind nope. of thing. It's we cool. just we just like that place. There was there was oh, something that got we, printed in some. We do. Yeah. Absolutely. There's something that got printed in some uh, DC publication several years ago. Saying you know literally basically making a joke out of the fact that they never reviewed any of the bands that played at IOTA. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Although I, I will admit there's lots of folks who they think, like, all they need to do to, to hear good music is just go out to IOTA every chance they get. And, yes, IOTA has some great music, but there's lots mm-hmm. of great stuff happening in, in the city, too. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's going about an hour or so. Okay, should, so, we, should we shut up? So we, should, we can, we, we can <laughs> keep going. Like, uh, tune in next week for a part two of this. <laughs> oh yeah, we should. We should. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. want to talk about. Okay. So, so one of one of the reasons that I that I well, there's there's a specific reason I asked everybody that's here to, to come on, but we didn't get a chance much to talk about uh, uh, something that I'm really proud of, which is all of the amazing records that, that uh, Aaron Mason has been engineering and mixing. Yes. Uh, many of which, if not all of which, uh, I, I happen to play drums on. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, Aaron and I kind of linked up several years ago because we started playing music together. And then um, he became more interested in, in seriously interested in engineering, sound engineering. And um, ever since, uh, it's just kind of... Blossomed into this thing where at least this year it just so happens that there's going to be at least four four recordings, uh, mm-hmm. two of which have already been released, and two more that are coming up soon that uh, we both worked on. The the Mudray EP that came out in February, was, which I'm really proud of. Yeah, um, and um, the uh, the Derek's new EP, which was just released. Yep. When did we actually release that? June twenty first. Yeah, right after we got back. Yeah, which yeah. super proud of and. Um, and then the new cowards, the new the cowards choir EP. <laughs> the new the cowards choir. It's really hard to say, okay, Andy. <laughs> um, and it's weird because Ben kind of turned to his shoulder, like Andy was like one right. like an angel devil, like Andy Which on one? the side and Adam on the other. And right. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. And, um, if if we had to pick, who would be the devil right. and who would be? Right. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. And then and then uh, also the new uh, Lauren Calv. EP, which is yeah. also going to be fantastic. You've been and telling me about that for a long time. Yeah, I need to hear it. I need to hear it. Coming for a while. First <laughs> time you came over here, you're like, it's yeah, worth playing with this person. I can't say too much about it. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. it's good stuff. Actually, and that's on me. You guys have played a bunch of shows, and I have not been able to make it. Well, well, we're 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 not actually announcing the release dates yet, but they're they're going to be sooner than you might think. And uh, and I think what's what also really speaks to to um, to Aaron's uh, versatility is that we're talking about a great blues rock recording, a great kind of mm-hmm. power pop pop punk recording um, that actually I mean the new Derek EP is stylistically way more varied than that. Yeah. Um, a great roots and blues uh, you know folk recording. And then whatever, however you want to pigeonhole the Coward's Choir, which I, I have a lot of trouble explaining that to people. But, yeah. Um, you know, all all coming from 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 one guy, and so yeah. I've been really did, happy to. Did you uh, like? Did you just decide you wanted to get into engineering, or was this? Yeah, I mean, I've you know, well, after a while of, of doing it recently, I was like, you know, I, I kind of have way more experience than I I thought I did yeah. because I've been in studios recording, being. The, the stupid kid that comes in with his out of tune guitar and mm-hmm. you know my valve state amp and stuff and like, since I was 16 going to studios and yeah. being recorded and then 
um, just having so many people I just watched do it and um, I had a friend that went to this school in, in up in Towson area that um, Sheffield which mm-hmm. is sort of like Omega and um, this big studio the, the when earlier when you mentioned the albums we were talking about the albums on the wall the one that's on the wall there is Mariah Carey's Glitter <laughs> but um, <laughs> a watermark recording watershed recording yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, Ben and I did the first thing we did. We went up there and did drums, and my friend Kenny that went to school there engineered it. And yeah. then, like, you know, I wanted to do our band's CD because I was like, I can do this. But like, I had a little recorder thing, and then I kind of was like using one mic to record my songs and practice. And mm-hmm. I was like enjoying listening to them. And then I just wanted to get better and better at like having better demos to listen to. And yeah. then I was just like. I'm gonna get Pro Tools, and then I just sort of like got into it, and like I'd really, really been obsessed with the record I made with my friend Kenny of my band mm-hmm. a while ago, and so yeah, it just sort of like grew out of an obsession nice. <laughs> because um, somebody like me who can't work for other people <laughs> work work a regular job because yeah. you're a serial killer um, you know it's hard to find something that like I can do yeah and be really um, passionate about and you know I I don't make much money at it at all but like I can't absolutely do anything else yeah and um, having kids uh, can't really like, I don't play as much as I did before. Sure. So sure. this also, um, I just realized, like, being involved with other people's projects makes me way more happy than sticking to only mine and being stuck mm-hmm. in only my head. So trying to find people to play in my band was a chore. <laughs> so working on other people's records is just like, you know, that's yeah. that's everything to me now um, because they bring sort of a finished thing, and then I, I can... I can have as much involvement with it as I want or they want. So. And they giving you like, I mean, you, you're working with them like creative input. They like can be like, no, yeah, no, it I just depends. Know. I mean, um, with with the Cowards Choir, I mean, <laughs> the four of them, the four of them like are so musically in tune with the project that like mm-hmm. there's almost no no room for me during tracking to even say anything. So I mean, like I didn't have to. It was nice. Yeah. I just kind of threw our mics and hoped it, hope for the best and. <laughs> But it was a great experience because we did it. We did it all live, and then did some overdubs. But I mean, so you guys broke my cherry with that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's Aww. disgusting. And then the Mud Ray thing we did in in Ben's basement. We did the drums there, and then yeah. Derek's thing we did in this gigantic like industrial space. Mm-hmm. And then Lauren's we did in a barn. So I've been like yeah everywhere doing this stuff and just trying mm-hmm. to like. You know, find that that thing, but I found, have, a, we still I found a, a bunch of things. We yeah. still have to track a record inside of a glass elevator while it's moving. Yeah. <laughs> let's. You know, I've heard weird things about recording. I read an interview with Sylvia Massey that did uh, Tools Undertow and System of a Down's first record, and uh, they pushed a piano off a cliff, and like I think they might have put like fireworks in it, and they like mic'd it all up and everything, <laughs> and then they didn't even use it. <laughs> didn't even didn't even go on the record. So drugs. Yeah. But that's fun. So you're saying you'd like to blow shit up yes. more in your current position. I'm waiting for somebody to be like, Can we blow something up? And I'll just like pull out this little suitcase. I've been <laughs> waiting for it. And I open it up and it's like pulp fiction with just like <laughs> glows in their face and 
But um, yeah, I'm super proud of uh, being able to like work with a great drummer like him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've worked with him on almost <laughs> every single thing I've done, and I'm really good at recording him playing now. Yeah. Um, but it's important to learn, you know, some people that that don't get that opportunity to to practice with like good musicians, you know, to like you know everything you read about recording drums is you need a good drummer, yeah, in a good room, and tune the kit, whatever. So, you know, <laughs> whatever. A lot of that that's already covered. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just to be able to work on like these things that like I've been very fortunate. I know lots of engineers that work in studios and just have to work with any project that comes in, and it's like, you know, awful and boring. But, like, everything I've done this year, I, like, love. Nice. Yeah. So, um, and he's brought it all to me. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Neil, that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Jasmine, you got any stuff coming up? Um, Right now, just playing the Benefit show next weekend and slowly building up my repertoire of of original songs. So I have a handful now. I have a... A Facebook page that's in the works yeah. for like a music musician page, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not published le- yet. So not yet. hopefully soon. Well, let me know. And we'll then be like, hey, go here. Yeah, are you going to make a record with this guy? Possibly. I think I like <clears throat> I like the the fireworks idea. So I've that been might begging be her for like like since I've met her. You've like, been begging her. <laughs> I was like, I'll do it for free. Just come record a song <laughs> with me. You have to record something. Yeah. You know, and that's how much I care about that stuff. Like any of the stuff is like I want it. I want to work on it. Yeah. Not just you know give me money. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you do this to get money, you're yeah, not yeah. Make it. of course. Jasmine is so good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, Thanks, I'm gonna, Ryan. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that Jasmine Gilson is not could be or just is the greatest musician. On the planet. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that now. She's the female she's prince. Great. She is really great, and she's playing magnificent intentions. Oh, <gasps> oh there's one, li- one lineup announcement. Whoa, Foo Fighters is open for you, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Only, only them. Only them. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> well, cool guys. Um, so the event is Saturday. Saturday, August 16th. Saturday, August 16th. Uh, we will have until 8 p.m. links to buy tickets and be like, lose another 50 followers. <laughs> like, just bugging in by tweeting it out constantly because sure. you should you should go see this. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's seven hours of music, a good call. I mean, it's, it's a $12. Dollars. What's, what's 12 divided by seven? Oh, Jesus. Uh, math. That's less than, also less than $2 math. an hour. It's the internet and math. To see, to see 20, 20 acts. Yeah. So. It's $1.71. You're guaranteed to like at least one of them, but probably all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for coming out. Thanks. uh, We will see you on Saturday. Yeah. Awesome.
All right, there you go. There's your uh, there's your conversation with Ben Tufts and all his friends. Um, you got a little rambly, but that's okay. That's uh, uh, that is uh, what we all who love music um, care about. And uh, and I will say, you know, one thing about Ben and and dude, he's very generous with uh, like his level of uh, his public profile and whatnot. Uh, and so it, it was a thing where he was like, I, I want to talk about. You know what my friends are doing too to to help them out and stuff. Uh, you know it's a real um, it's a real sort of scene, uh, if you will. I hate that word is sort of gross, um, but uh, you know it's it's like-minded artists and individuals helping each other out, and it's and it's really good to see anytime that happens. Uh, so thank you to uh, Ben, Ryan, Dan, Aaron, uh, Derek, and Jasmine for coming out once again. Uh, we'll have links to all their sites, uh, all their music stuff. Uh, on the internets that you can find. Uh, so please do check them out. Uh, more importantly, please, please, uh, even if you can't make the show, we're going to have a link for donations. Uh, and just, you know, give a, throw up 12 bucks, throw up 24 bucks, you know, just buy a couple tickets. Uh, even if you can't make the whole thing, say you can only come for an hour, you know, come for an hour. Uh, it, it all goes to a, a great cause. It all, 100% of it goes to a great cause. Um, and it's something that, you know, it may seem sort of small, but sometimes I think even the smallest things can really make a difference in someone's life. And that's why you do them. Um, so uh, not to get all weird and sappy and, and, and all that, but uh, that's that's real. So there you go. Uh, also like to say thanks for all, all 11 of our listeners for sticking with us all this time. I don't know. We're, this is going to be like... Two and three quarters years. We're coming on three years of doing this shit. It is, it is morphed um, from literally uh, us drinking on mic, uh, getting very drunk on mic, to us uh, drinking on mic and saying intelligent things. So not a whole lot has changed, uh, but it has been fun uh, the whole way. Uh, if we're gonna gonna try some new stuff, uh, keep some great interviews coming. And, uh, and more stuff like this. So uh, thank you all for sticking with us. Uh, and we will talk to you soon. All right?